Another edition of the Sunday Forum right here on WMNF 88.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. This is your host, Walter L. Smith II, along with the member of the Fourth Estate. Good morning. Good morning, Mobili. What's going on, man? You know, the world keeps on turning and burning. Yeah. yeah so it does. We're here to talk it about it. <laughs> yes, it does. Hopefully it's not burning. <laughs> you know. Yeah. We're trying not to let it burn. Trying, you know, but uh, we've been looking at what's been happening in this state for certain. Dude. You know, we had a, a governor who just uh showed us 
how he has manipulated the judiciary in this state. You know, he had drawn a, a redistricting map that got rid of a black district near Tallahassee. Yep. And he wasn't supposed to be drawing it in the first place since that isn't left up to one man. That's supposed to be a legislature job. And they ceded it, the Republican legislators ceded that job to him. And the court, first court said no, but the appeals court said, sure, yeah, you win. So that's because he has manipulated the courts. Man, listen, I don't know when we're going to learn. I don't know when we're going to learn. I mean, listen, man, That that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. They yeah. have, they have, okay, so, so the, the right has actually acted as though this is a dictatorship, mm-hmm. right? They, they function with impunity. They call it subverting democracy. Absolutely. And they're trying to do away with this one because they, they, they think they figured out a way to continue to just win elections <laughs> no matter what they do or don't do. Wrong. And when it looked like that wasn't going to be the case, you know, they started, well, no, it looked like that was not going to be the case and they were not going to have their way because we were whooping their behinds. Mm-hmm. Right, then all of a sudden now they had to they had to start cheating. Right, and going back to sixties, nineteen sixties before the Voting Rights Act, they said, you know, we got to put all these arbitrary tests in your way. Are we going to make it more difficult for you to vote? We're going to shut down the ballot boxes before the election, the drop boxes. We got to diminish them in certain neighborhoods. We're going to make it very difficult for you to vote. I- I don't know if they if they even realize how stupid they look. <laughs> how, I mean, how how undemocratic, right? Right, and how just absolutely ridiculous. And, and those and those who disagree with what's happening in the party, man, speak up. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to agree with 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 us. Yeah, that's fine, whatever. We we have we might have some fundamental differences, whatever they may be. But the bottom line is. You know, if this is supposed to be a democracy. It's just a game to them. Yeah, it is. It is. I think they're looking at the, the Hungary uh, example. Mm. A very right-wing leader who changed the stripes to fit the populism of the moment. First, he was a libertarian. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, he's a far right-wing leader, Mr. Orban, the president of Hungary. And that's because he has figured out a way to use the existing right-wing apparatuses in the country, which is what the right-wing is doing here. Look at how they have used the evangelical movement, the churches, because the churches already have a structure in place. These uh, mainstream Republican politicians have approached the right-wing militia movements, the violent militia movements, the Proud Boys, because there's a structure in place, and all together they have a united right. That is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. One of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. And, you know, everything from health care to voting rights. Right. Everything's on the chopping block. Everything's on the damn chopping block. I don't... You know. and, and and look at what the the logic is behind the 
overthrow or the undoing of Roe versus Wade. L- just listen to the the logic that the right has adopted, because I think the leak is a, was a a trial to see just what how much trouble they're gonna face yep. by saying, in this opinion, the court fifty years ago made a mistake. And that's the reason why we're overdoing it. It was a mistake. Now, if that was a mistake, what else is a mistake to them? Voting rights in the South was a mistake. Civil rights is a mistake because they'd like to undo all of that. Well, that just was, it was that like all of this is an experiment. Right. It's just a right. joke, like I said. Today. Right, right. It's, 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 it's a playground um, thing. And I, I you know, don't insult my intelligence. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean this is this is a Lord have mercy. Someone is calling. Well, <laughs> try to get the phone thing. I up. mean, it, yeah, man. Okay, well, you know, this is this is insanity. What we're facing right now, absolute insanity. But um, you know, we're gonna triumph over that too. I'm going to yeah. triumph over that, too. I have every belief that even they recognize this and that they are going to say, you know what, this is this is not, there's nothing right about this. You know, this is absolutely nothing right about this. Um, we've seen people do that. We've seen people in their party do that and take a stand um, to the point that they're like, listen, I'm not going to leave the party, but I'm not going to let you do this. You know? Yeah, like Esper said, we're not going to, let you, uh, forty-five, demand the troops shoot protesters in the street, right? Because they're upset about George Floyd's murder. What, what is that? What <laughs> is that? Dictatorial, and, and and this and this governor allowing or or creating legislation where you can run people over, exactly for protesting because you disagree with somebody. Right. Come on, man! Seems like the more extreme they can get, that's the nah. that's their route to to getting votes. Nah, nah, and nah. so we talk about party. When I talk about party, I'm talking about the voters. Nah, I ain't, I ain't, you know, I'm not trying to say nothing. <laughs> I'm just simply saying. Now you, now two can play that game. That's right. Exactly. Now, nah, but see, that's not what we're trying to go. <laughs> we're not trying to go there, folks. We're not trying to go there. I'm just simply saying two can play that game. Nah, you know, <laughs> ask life Malcolm. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm just <laughs> life. <laughs> That's my man. Hey, listen, this is <laughs> life. Your name has been invoked. It's been invoked. <laughs> Get the cars ready, brother. <laughs> Let me say, it. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. Uh, <laughs> listen, you know. This week, in the past couple of weeks, um, before we got on air, we were talking about this issue of outrage, right? Where's the outrage? The outrage that we have seen, the, the lack of outrage, I believe, that we've seen on the part of people regarding the human rights, the human rights violations that we have seen consistently. You hear me talk about this a lot. The human rights violations that we are seeing right now are, are so egregious they come in different forms, different dimensions, different lenses, narratives, and so forth. 
that exist that describe those human rights violations in ways that we should be so outraged, so outraged that that just the the just the sight of us on the streets, we should be taken to the streets on those things alone, right? Mm-hmm. And mass, understand me? And mass, and there is there's nothing. Uh, the wrath of, of of the people not tearing stuff up, we're not tearing anything up, but the wrath of people who've seen this type of thing should be extraordinary, right? Um, when we look, when, when I hear stories, and everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say when I talk about Silver Oak, Silver Oaks apartments, right? In any apartments or any type of dwelling where people live, and you have, you have, what is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I, I was distracted. For I was distracted. When when, when you <laughs> when you, it's the music that Mavili has. Man, listen to stop Mavili, stop it, stop it. Stop. You're killing me. You're killing me over here. <laughs> this music is killing me. No. When you have the type of of disgusting display that we've seen on Silver Oaks, you know, people should be taken to the streets, right? Yeah. People should be writing policy, and people are working at that part, right? But it's like, when I post something, I expect, or when I hear somebody or see somebody post something, I expect to see outrage. Don't be putting no like <laughs> on, on, come on, man, what is it? What is it? Yeah. You know, I don't want you to like it. That's the last thing I want you to do is like it. What I want you to do is do something about it. What I want you to do is let me hear that comment or make a commitment to do something about what you're seeing that that is outrageous, right? right? Mm-hmm. Or how, how are you going to sit on the toilet, right? <laughs> this actually happened. This actually happened. This lady sat on the toilet. To do her daughter's hair. Okay. While she's doing it, the the fecal matter from the toilet above falls down on her. No. So that's that's a real structural problem there. Dude. Clearly. How does that happen? But people, how does that happen? Can people be wholesale removed? I mean, that seems like that's the only answer. I mean, I wouldn't try to save that. You need to you need a new place, and everybody should be moved to a more humane but place. But not doing it. The vouchers that have been that have been that have that are, they're given to begin with are not enough. They're not enough. Now that's a standard, right? That's a standard in terms of the vouchers that are given based off of certain a certain um, uh, rubric, right? So to speak. Yeah. All right. So so the housing market is so bad. It's so bad. That when you take the voucher to go somewhere else, you can't. Right. And you end up sleeping in your car or going to a relative's if you have one or moving completely out of the city or state. There's nothing. That's outrageous. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. It's one that, let's, let's take these calls. Let's take these calls. We have 813-239-9663. 813-239-9663. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to bring up, uh, uh, and dis- not discuss it per se, but uh, kind of let people know about the, 
election that's going on right now at Florida A and M University, my alma mater, and we're 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 doing the National Alumni Association voting. Some people are asking some questions, and I want to make sure that those alumni members are able to do their voting before the deadline. So there's some details that I have here that I'm going to share with people. Let, let's go to this call real quick, and I'll I'll get to that. All right, call. Call you on the Sunday Hello, forum. And Nika, the queen. I have a poem that I wrote for my daughter that is very apropos to the current situation. I want to read it to you. Is that all right? Sure. Okay. To my daughter, Alfredo Antonio Gomar Jr. Golden lady, you were born 1976, the 200th anniversary of the United States. You came from a passage in Spain and Borinque. You came from Africa, from a proud, debased people who were brought in slave ships and in chains to the human beings' land. They came. They were white, and they were white indentured servants. But your proud, debased people came to be slaves and to be sold at the auction on auction block, and for 400 and 500 years of, of, of lynching. Your, your families were separated and dispersed throughout the South. Some were brought to the North and later became freedmen and, and freed women. Yet the bulk of your proud, debased ancestors were situated in the South. Not Turner revolted and shook the foundations of the Southern society, the slaveocracy. David Walker in the North wrote David Walker's appeal and John Brown, a white man, declared himself an abolitionist, was caught and hung. Many escaped from Georgia and Alabama to Florida, but the Spanish had a Negro, Negro in Spanish, Negro in Spanish means black, black fort, where Catholic school was desegregated. Yet the black students had to sit in the back. It was a better view and vantage point to learn from. Yet there was no choice in the matter. Your African ancestors, the proud debased people, proud, proud debased people mingled with the Seminoles in Florida. Osceola and Billy Bob began a, fought a war which, which continued for 100 years and never signed a treaty with the United States government. The war was fought against Andrew Jackson and the planters' men who wanted to capture the Seminoles' cousin. In the Midwest, African Americans in the, in the, black, the, the black Indians had mingled with the Cherokee, the Cheyenne, Blackfoot, Crow, and the Sioux and Lakota and Olegala Sioux befriended the Buffalo soldiers who left the army after the Civil War and went west. In the movie Buck and the Preacher, the story was told how the Plains Indians came to the aid of Buck, Sidney Poitier, and the preacher Harry Balfonti. It's a new day. The Trump dictatorship is over. Yet we must tread. We will tread lightly and carefully for the methamphetamine and fentanyl pushers, certain motorcyclists, marauders, and the poor, 
Cowboys think that the Pledge of Allegiance is only for Trump, the dictators, the dictator, and only for the Proud Boys and the motorcyclists and pickup drivers, former or current motorcycle owners, and not the democracy of the decent people. Tread lightly, my people, my people, and my daughter, for your mother, for your mother's sake, and yours. Love you both, my dear daughter, and my people. <laughs> yeah. All right, send the right. form. Thank you, thank you very much, man. Uh, okay, yeah. What I'd like to say though, right now, Walter is uh, the uh, this is an interesting week. I call this the African Liberation Week. It is because it, it is. begins for me on Malcolm X Day, which is May nineteenth, and it's going to end on May twenty fifth, which is African Liberation Day, which was started by the African Union. And uh, it's an opportunity for us to talk about our liberation. We have, we have struggled and we have achieved a lot as an African people on the continent and in the diaspora. We've had to struggle everywhere we've been. And today, you know, I want to give a shout out to all Martinicans. Today is Abolition Day in Martinique, continuing right. this African liberation tradition. <laughs> and Haiti is also celebrating a day today. And we can talk flag about the history day. of Haiti. Right. There's a independence. You know, we can talk about how it had to struggle for its independence, how it had to fight an invasion in 1914 by the United States because Citibank demanded it. <laughs> At the time, it was called National City Bank, but now it's Citibank, Citigroup. And this was the bank who historically demanded the invasion, stole the gold right out of the country, stole the cash in suitcases right out of Haiti <laughs> on a gun, on a boat and brought it to the United States. The Wall Street demanded it. So, yeah, I think this is a time to talk about our liberation. And if you're teaching that to your children, even in the form of a poem, you know, this is important. It's important to do this and know this is our global story. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, what, he, what he just did was... In, in a matter of minutes, mm -hmm. literally break down our global story, our diaspora. Yeah. That's it, basically. Mm -hmm. And the intent, of course, was for for him personally to be able to do two things: to do that, to send that message out to everybody, right. but to also to also point out uh, to his children, right. Which right. is something the teachers can't even do in Florida right, right now. Right, and this this man is emotional about this thing, mm -hmm. man. And it is an emotional thing. Uh, you know, one of the things that I do is, and I, I make sure to, to do it, and now it's time for me to do it again. Every year we watch Roots. Yeah. I personally watch Roots every year. I was just thinking about doing it. Right. Let me do it again. Right. And despite any criticisms that people might have of, of the movie, Mm-hmm. I, I don't care. I mean, like, that was Alex Haley's story. It was a story. It is a story that set a trend with regard to our, our liberation. Number one, number two, in regard to our genealogical uh, journey, mm -hmm. right? Our, our our interest in finding who we are as right. individuals and, and as a people, right? And then and then to look at the entire story and to and to carry it on from generation to generation 
and actually insist. I know people like myself who insist that my children watch Roots. Mm-hmm. Because it, it never fails. There's a tear that runs down my eye every time I watch it. Yeah. Right? And the most the most chilling part of the story across the board for me has to do with the first the first generation mm-hmm. on this on this land. Mm-hmm. Right? Kunta Kinte's liberate um, um, um story. Right. The fact that he didn't even have it couldn't even keep his own name was just powerful to me. Wow, that's power and, and it's it's gotten to be one of the most powerful points. Mm-hmm. Of, of who we are as a people now. There's a shirt that actually has Kunta Kinte. I am Kunta Kinte. Oh, okay. Right? I got to get that shirt. Me too. I got to have that shirt. <laughs> I got to have that shirt. It, because, it, 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 and, and you know how many people don't know what that means? Yeah. They have no idea. Some people see it and they laugh. Ah, ha, ha, ha. They, they think it's some joke about Africa. It's not a joke. It's serious. It's serious. It's one of the most profound statements that you could possibly make. No matter what your viewpoint is, I don't care about the Republican, Democrat, none, none of that. That that nothing to do with it. Right. Nothing to do with it. Did if you know who you are, then you are who? Kunta Kinte. Right. That, that means you're taking a stand against oppression. That means you're taking a stand for your family. That means you 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 are uh Professing your Africanness, right. right, and and never giving that up. You do so they did to that man in order to get him to to give up his name. Yeah, I mean, like not just that. beat him; they chopped half his foot off. That right. so he wouldn't run. So he wouldn't run. Not because that's theft to them. Yeah, at that time. Yes, it's like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> the first name he had, Cassius Clay, he he had it. He had to change that because we know who now. We know who the former Cassius Clay was, right. <laughs> the right. ambassador to Russia back in the day. But he was also not a great person. He, he, became, he became an abolitionist. Yeah, right. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, he became an abolitionist, but he came from a slave holding family. Exactly. Um. And, and, he and, did work he, to emancipate them. Exactly. Exactly. He 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 turned from that way, from the ways of, of what it was like when he was a child and, and to a young man to the fact to the point that he he said, No, I'm not I don't like this. I'm not with this. So yeah, you I posted that story. I did. I oh, reposted okay, that story. That's why I remember I it from. <laughs> that story. I reposted it because I and I because I read it and I read it somewhere else as well to okay. research it to make sure that what was being what was being said was true. Yeah. And there, there had to be a reason why. You know, someone someone who is a former slave would name his child at that time Cassius Clay. Right. Right? Had to be a reason. So, you know, they, they had to be knowledgeable. Exactly. Had to be. So, you know, clearly, you know, Muhammad Ali came from some very good stock to be able to you know the the to he was a this guy was a wordsmith, man. Yeah. I'm looking at his story. It's brilliant. I mean, I mean, Muhammad Ali was a was a was brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I knew him personally. Um, okay, because he, he he and my father were friends, and you know, wow, yeah, 
that's a blessing. I did never got a chance to meet him. Jesus, uh, man. Wanted to. Came close. My dad was in the nation. And uh, really, really thought that's I right, got to get right, close. Right, good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's something, man. Yeah. That's really something, bro. Uh, shout out to the nation, too, by the way. Yeah. yeah shout, shout out to the nation. They've done a lot since the Great Depression. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So, listen. Uh, Florida A&M University is the only HBCU, historically black college university, in the state university system, in the public school system in the state of Florida. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay. There are f- one, two, three, four. Four HBCUs currently in the state of Florida. Before there were 16, because there were 12 historically black uh, junior colleges that existed in the state of Florida, mm-hmm. but were phased out right. um, when integration took place. Yeah, before I got to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> but for, way, way before you got to Florida. Uh, and, and so, anyway, bottom line is uh, FAMU has always been the standard. It is It is certainly one of the premier schools, if not the premier school, uh, in the United States. And as such, it's important that we, are, that we are aware of what's going on with the university, number one. And number two, uh, it's important that those members of the university, those members of the National Alumni Association understand and know about the voting situation that's taking place right now with regard to the, the leadership of the National Alumni Association. Now, understand there are no problems with regard to that. It's just I'm putting information out there that's very critical for those people who are in the, in the, uh, who, who are actually in the NAA, the National, Associate, National Alumni Association, so that they'll be able to vote for the leadership of the universe, for the uh, National Alumni Association, okay? So, uh, one of the things you, you want to know is that you have two candidates right now for the National Alumni Association, and I will not name their names. I will not name their names because uh, I want to be fair to both candidates, number one. Uh, but number two, uh, and most importantly, what we want to do is look at how to vote. So, this is so listen very carefully, folks. If you are a part of the FAMU National Alumni Association, you should know this. Certified voters, annual dues must be paid, must have been paid by February 3rd of this year uh, with a functional email address. Uh, certified voters with a functional email address should have received a ballot by email notification, a ballot email notification. The email subject is 2022 runoff election login information from FAMU election coordinator. Inside that email, you will find your very unique one-time use election ID, folks. You have an election ID that will be in that email. And an election passcode is in that email as well. Now, number three, uh, number two, excuse me. You you experience if you experience any technical issues with voting on your internet browser, go to www.directvote.net/famu. Let me say this again: if you have any problems with voting on your internet browser. Go to www.directvote.net/famu. Then click contact. 
then click contact, and then make your request for a ballot. For any questions relevant to that email, call contact Carmen Cummings, Carmen Cummings at FAMU NAA Election Chair. Okay? And the email address is Carmen, C-A-R-M-E-N dot Cummings at FAMU dot E-D-U. Or you can go to your chapter president, wherever you are in the state of Florida, if you're listening, go to your chapter president of the in, of your uh, local alumni association. They should have this information. This is an important university alumni election. Our university, number one public HBCU or our student and our students, our students, our student government association, student national alumni association, and other student organizations on campus, athletic staff and professors, faculty, senate, deans, and administration, university president and his cabinet, and the family board of trustees need an experienced alumni leader, a leader with FAMU National Alumni Association Institution history. In other words, we need a FAMU one. Let me tell you right now, we need a FAMU one. As you know, the, to to work this thing. I mean, we we need them badly. Uh, you know, at the helm of the National Alumni Association, uh, the time is now to make a difference. The time is now to make a difference. We have seen a lot of things now. Now, I read a lot of that. Most of that I read. Mm-hmm. Let me be clear about this point, folks. I, I am, you know, and, and it sounds biased coming from me because of a couple of things. One, I grew up on the FAMU's campus. That's number one. Number two, I am a FAMU into the bone, down to my DNA. Uh, number three, my father was the president, the seventh president of Florida a and University. Um, and played a significant role in its history. So let me just say very clearly that we have had some serious issues with regard to our board of governors. Now, I, I make no bones. This is me saying this, okay? We've had a very serious issue with regard to our board of governors um, and who sits on that board. Uh, I am not naming names. I'm not going after anybody. I'm simply saying we've had some issues. Um, now, don't make me do that, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it like this. We've had some issues as far as that's concerned. We need to stop this thing of putting people or allowing this governor of the state of Florida and the legislature controlling who's on our damn board of governors. Stop it. Stop. You got just too much power. Way too <laughs> much power, man. Way too much power. And if if you need to come onto the Sunday forum in order to voice your opinion about this issue and to or to or to uh to to help to promote this issue, please do by all means. Okay? Please do. So, you know, that's my spiel. Okay. Honestly, that. You know, we, we need some loyalty up there. And these, these people are not loyal to the orange and green. They just are not. And they have deceived and they have done the people of Tallahassee wrong in the community where the university sits. They've done them wrong. They've allowed, they've allowed too many things to happen that have been detrimental to the surrounding community. Man. Way too many things to happen. And it's because they're not family they don't know the FAMU culture. They don't know FAMU. So that's it. I'm done with that. All right. Well, done with that. we're all worried about all of our gains. And I'm just thinking, given the conservative movement right now to overthrow everything that we've achieved, I'm wondering if they're just trying to starve historically black colleges out. 
course. Of if you can destroy a fam you, I've always said this. Uh, if you can destroy a fam you, then BCU is next. Yeah. Ever Waters yeah. is next. Florida Memorial's next. Mm. You understand? Uh, you know, there's been this 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 uh this long-standing belief by many, many white people who've been in the legislature and that FAMU is not necessary. Right. The HBCUs are not necessary. They didn't want it in the first place, but now they're saying uh, it's not even necessary. They wanted it, they wanted it, to, you know, they wanted it. For segregation reasons. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. They wanted it for segregation reasons. And just like any colonial uh, colonizing concept, uh, they 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 give and take the way they want to give and take, right. and when it when it's when it's not convenient for them, doesn't suit them, then they want to take it over, take it back. Right? They're not taking it back. You ain't taking this back, Jack. Yeah. This stays the, right where it's going. The be. reconstruction standard. And yeah. Going, yeah. And 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 what this is this is an example of what happens when uh when when you when you when you enslave people, let them go, and then <laughs> and and then watch what happens. You try to. Diminish what they can do. Oh no, no! How they now can we move. we graduate more black engineers, like yeah. yours truly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then you know than anywhere else in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody yeah. in the world knows. We, we got more pharmacists that's behind. Check out next time you go to get your pharmaceuticals. Uh, check out the degree that's on that wall. Okay. You got a family degree on that wall. Yeah. I be looking for that too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, go to your new, your next, your Walgreens, your Publix, your Walmart. Yeah, you can't stop the Rattlers, baby. We here, we here, we here to stay. Uh, uh, you know, we got some callers let's waiting. Get these callers on here. You're tuned to the Sunday here. Forum here on WMNF, and we're talking about a number of things, especially power. Go ahead, caller. You're on Sunday Forum. Hey, good morning, Mobile. Good morning, uh, Walter. <laughs> good morning. Right on cue. Good morning. I do that's what it was. Yeah, I heard you. Right on cue. Uh, I, I would just simply say this. Uh, I hope, Walter, you will talk about uh, your topic that you talked about last Sunday. I wasn't able to get through because there were so many callers, and um, it, it's, it's really heartfelt in, in um, our, our people in, in, in this nation. But if I would just simply say this, uh, yeah, um, pharmacy, um engineers uh at one time what the school of architecture but then they tried to merge that i think they did merge it with uh no 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 let's Mm -mm. go down the progression again uh the school of law then they just defunded it Mm -hmm. and then y'all put up a big stake and a fuss about it they gave it back to you and it's housed in orlando should have been in Tampa, but yeah. Yeah, in Tampa. And then I remember seeing a college of pharmacy here at USF, a branch for, for, for FAMU. And then you had the School of Architecture. Uh, then they merged it with Florida State. That goes to your topic, which you were saying about the many white folk or, or people in, in, in the legislature who don't think that FAMU is, is relevant. And that's where all this talk about, we just want to Merge it with Florida State, right? Well, no, it wasn't the School of Architecture, and it wasn't. It wasn't simply just a merger. What happened was when 
the when the uh, two things happen. Number one, school of architecture is independent. It, it is it is FAMU's school of architecture. The Good. College of Engineering is FAMU's as well. The Good. the issue is that when fam, when my father created the College of Engineering back in 1979, 1979 1980, um, what happened was uh, things were on a rotation. Right, so he saw the opportunity then to say, and, and there was a demand for more black engineers. So what happened was he went in, uh, established the College of Engineering because we already had engineering technology, mm-hmm. right? And we had we had engineering technology, we had physics, we had electrical engineering, we had civil engineering tech and stuff like that going on at FAMU. So we had more of a program than Florida State did. Understand with two universities, two major universities in a town like Tallahassee, there is a ruling. There's a rule that only one type of institution can exist. That's what the rule. That's the rule. What the rule was back then. Now, when the College of Engineering was established, uh, Dad said, "Okay, we got the College of Engineering. That's it." And they and they approved it. Governor Graham approved it, and it was fine. Well, yeah, people like E. T. York, uh, staunch racist. Uh, and these other guys that were out there that were that were just completely against FAMU having a College of Engineering uh, and believed that Florida State should have that College of Engineering. So Bernie Sliger, who was the president at the time, said, you know what? Uh, he met with my father, and they, and they said, you know, um, it, you know we, we, sh- we should be in on this. And my dad was like, no, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh. We have we have the College of Engineering. It is FAMU's College of Engineering. That's the bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. When so when the there was no real merger, they they joined forces in order to establish the college ultimately. Uh, but, but the insistence was that that uh, FAMU would remain at the helm of the College of Engineering, and it was the last one of the last things that my father did before. Uh, he left the presidency, uh, and he said, "Nope, this is this is FAMU's College of Engineering. It's going to stay that way." And uh, so, if you want to do the FAMU FSU College of Engineering, that's fine. But understand, FAMU stays at the front of that, and FAMU stays in control of the purse strings, and that's what happened. Uh, ultimately, uh, in another administration, again, I'm not, I'm, I don't bash anybody. Another administration un, uh, uh, was was tricked or duped. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why it's very, very important to have FAMUans involved with these types of things. But we were, we were tricked and duped in the situation where uh, Thrasher, uh, I forget his, John Thrasher, who was, who was the, I think he's currently the Florida State University president now, but he's certainly the immediate past president, if anything, uh, who was a state senator at the time, uh, wanted to gain control of the, of the purse strings. He decided he was going to try to split the FAMU FSU College of Engineering and try to and, and try to force a defunctioning or defuncting of the of the FAMU side of the whole thing so the Florida State could take full control. Just to show you the nefarious nature of this whole thing. There's a whole news there's a series of, of news stories that trail this entire thing as recently as 2016, 2018, I think, uh, this thing with, with John Thrasher was happening. Uh, so, so it, it shows the worth of HBCU. It shows the worth of what we are, considering that there's still this this thing about uh, people thinking that FAMU was going to be the south the south campus of Florida State. No, that fight is is long gone. Now 
the fighters to try to make the 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 nefarious job or nefarious uh, 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 nefarious mission is to try to make FAMU a campus of of uh, of, of what is it, a temp of of Tallahassee Community College. You understand what I'm saying? Oh my God! Yeah, which is which is a slap in the face, um, but nevertheless. You know, this is this is the type of thing that's happening. You know, we need to get up on the history and stuff like that of what's happening. And this is this is uh disgusting to to say the least. But even if you are not a fam you know, you gotta stand up for the rattlers because if like I said before, if fam you falls, everybody else is gonna go too. Right. And if I could put all of this together, what is the lesson that we learn here? Whether it's with with the HBCUs, with FAMU or BCU or Florida Memorial or Edward Waters, uh, or we could go down the line, or w- what happened, you know, a couple of weeks ago with the shooting up in, um, you know, with, with the shooting in Buffalo or whatever like that. We have got to wage a more smarter fight. Mm-hmm. Simply having, and I'm not trying to Definitely. knock him, Al Sharpton simply having MLK-style rallies in Washington. Um, your enemy has become immune to that. It's mm-hmm. one thing about when, when God talks to you about repenting from a subject and he addresses you about this, you have a choice. You can either yield to it or you can double down. And, and America, truth to form, and not all white folk, but many white folk, and some black folks have decided to double down, and they are not moved by that. Protesting in the streets, and what like, what they've done is embedded people in there to try to change the narrative. That's mm-hmm. why I said before a couple of years ago when we talked about that, what George Floyd, you need to control the narrative. Absolutely. You need to have a more smarter protest like we go out there we protest and then the person who's in charge of the people who are in charge that's it go home we're through now whatever else is out here y'all ain't with us okay but we have a purpose and a direction where we are trying where we are trying to go absolutely and i what i want to also say was that i hope uh, the topic that you talked about last week you you bring it up again because it's amazing how on a national show, they brought this up again. Remember, I have said that America has always been about, number one, race, power, and authority, and then money. And the person was saying, like, with, with y'all, with us, like, folks, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you, you want to achieve this, you want to go whatever. But when it comes to power and authority, no, we don't want this, like, you would think that would be a noble cause, since you say we're talking about a whole lot of stuff, about the abortion thing subject right now. They don't really care about uh, the unborn, because if they did, they wouldn't, you wouldn't have had one person, people in a party, so many people in a party, voting down um, formula. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> I hear you laughing, Mobility. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's the contradictions. Right. Calm down and really think about it. If you really cared about the unborn like you say you do, then why did you vote down the solutions for 
baby formula. Right, because right. you wanted it to be that way right. because you were using that to attack politically the other side. You don't really care about the unborn. and, and or, or You care about the unborn like this. We want more white folk to have more babies right. because it will keep us in the majority as being a people, you know, and not the minorities having more children or Latinos having more children or whatever like that because they would begin to have more of a a more voting block, okay, and all these suppressive voting laws and stuff. Can't you see the nefarious nature of what's what's going on? And it it really goes across the entire board. Yes, there are a need for HBCUs. Absolutely. We all see it. We all see, Walter, I can't vote in in Florida A&M's alumni uh, situation because I'm not an alum of Florida A&M, but I understand what you are talking about. You can join okay. the association. You can join yeah, the association. I, yeah, I understand. I wish you would. Don't try to have funny, man. You know you want to join it. You know you want to join it. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but you know what? I wish you would. Talk about what are some just some of the things that they are doing with the surrounding community that's not uh, good for fam uh, you and, and the community. What were just just a few things that, uh, that are done? You know, one of the things that we got some other calls here, but I'm going to be right. clear with you. Um, you know, thank you, and I'm, I'm going to let you go. All right, thank I'm you, brother. Listening. Appreciate you, man. Um, one of the things that, that you have to understand is that the purpose of a university is not just to educate, but to enhance the community that, that it sits in, the community, the surrounding community in the immediate area, town, city, wherever it is. Um, what has happened is there are there's a lot of gentrification that is taking place around the university, right? And it's not black-owned, right? Um that's a problem. That's a serious problem. And what it does, it diminishes the, the, the real estate, if you will, in terms of the in terms of its geography, right? How much land do we own around the campus, right? Yeah. It makes it that much harder, that much more difficult for the university then to grow the way it needs to. Uh, so we start doing things like tearing down buildings that are old buildings, that, that are over 100 years old, but they should be retrofitted. And there's the technology to do it. And it's not, and it really is not that expensive to do uh, if you do it right. And if you have the right people there covering it. And that, and that's, that happens. Uh, you know, I make no excuses about it. It is what it is. But when we start talking about, uh, when we start talking about jobs and things like that, a lot of the people that sit around, that, that live around Florida A&M University work there. They work at the university. Or they work for the state of Florida, but they work mm-hmm. for the university, a lot of them, right? right? Mm-hmm. They depend on the university for income. They depend on the university for, uh, uh, the university depends on these people for economics. So what happens to strengthening the people that live in the community? Right there's a, there's a there's a responsibility on the part of the university to make certain that those people are economically viable that they are strong and empowered and that is our charge 
That is our charge. These are the same people that go to our football games, the same people that go to our basketball games and support our athletics, right? Travel. They travel to support our athletics. They come every Saturday to support our athletics, to watch them run that football, right? And to watch the Marching 100 yeah. do, do their thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to send their kids one day with the hope that they'll come out of there with a degree and make a difference in that same community, mm-hmm. right? That is the charge, right? That's what we hope for. That's what we want to have happen. But when, but if there, like he was saying, there's a nefarious plan, and people need to stop acting like this, is, like it doesn't exist. These plans exist. To this, nef- I mean, why is that so hard to believe? I don't understand why that's so hard for us to believe that that white people are nefarious. <laughs> I, I mean, Mobili. Given the history. I mean, damn. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> what, what, what do we have to believe? We got to go back to a cotton field in order to figure it out? Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, what what happens? We got to, yeah, look at the power structure and, yeah. and you know that. Six million, six million of us released from slavery. Okay? We become a problem. That's a problem. Right. That's a real problem. Because what you've done over over the generations is you have a, a population that is unique to every other population in the country, but a population that was enslaved that was released into the into the general population now as freedmen and women, right? That cannot read or write. The vast majority could not read or write and had to learn it. So we have HBCUs. That's why the HBCUs were created. And now that now that we're the best at what we do, and what's out there, not just not just for black folks, but you got white folks going to going to fam you. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? You know they're leaving Florida State and University of Florida in order to come to fam you to be physical therapists, engineers.